lesson today is taken from the sixth chapter of St. Mark's Gospel, beginning with the 14th verse. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That's why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah, and others said he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. And he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. 
For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb, the gospel of the Lord. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and we praise you for this day, uh, which you have given to us to gather together. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to the reality of your word today. Understanding, Heavenly Father, that you rescue us, you rescue us even um, in the midst of that which is tragic and even gruesome. We thank you for Jesus who died and rose. And we thank you, Lord, that we share in his resurrection. So may these truths speak to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today we come to one of these uh, tragic and gruesome accounts from the Bible, the beheading of John the Baptist. And not just the fact that he was beheaded, but that his head was served on a platter. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know if I've ever seen this as one of the stories included in Vacation Bible School. Can you imagine uh, the props committee? Joyce, can, would you have fun creating this prop? I don't even think Joyce is here. You think she'd have fun doing that? The head of John the Baptist on a platter. The beheading of John the Baptist isn't a pleasant picture. But the reality of Scripture is, is that in it, the, the Bible never censors the tragic and, and the gruesome realities of life. Life is difficult. And uh, life is painful. And sometimes life is even gruesome. And the Bible doesn't sugarcoat uh, these realities. We live in a broken world. We live in a, in a world that has been overcome by sin, and because our world has, has been overtaken by sin, these things happen even to God's servants. In a broken and dying, and, and even in a gruesome world, you have this promise, you have a Savior, you have a Savior who has rescued you. You have a Savior who has redeemed you. You are redeemed. You are rescued by Jesus. Does anybody know the theme of VBS this year? Could you tell me? Rescued by Jesus. Rescued by Jesus. I really thought that the, the name of the Vacation Bible School that the publishers chose, Shipwrecked VBS, was kind of funny. 
If you've ever been a part or ran a VBS program, you kind of get the humor and, and shipwrecked VBS. But Jesus rescues. He rescues the shipwrecked. And there's a little thing that, that the teachers and the kids are going to be doing, and, and uh, the, the theme uh, will be presented in a certain way, and if you know how to do this, I, I ask that you would do it for me. Uh, when you're lonely, what? All right, that was pretty weak. Alyssa was on top of it. But I, I need your help. When you're lonely, what? Jesus when you worry. Jesus when you struggle. Jesus when you do wrong. Jesus when you're powerless. Jesus rescued by Jesus. Four days. Kids will come here and they will learn that Jesus rescues. Jesus rescues. But John the Baptist, John the Baptist was put in prison. John the Baptist was beheaded. Why didn't Jesus rescue John the Baptist? Some may say that God failed John the Baptist. There he is in prison. And eventually he is beheaded. It seems as if Jesus failed John the Baptist. But today we will learn that Jesus did indeed rescue John the Baptist, but, but not in the way that we would expect. Jesus never left John the Baptist. So to understand today's gospel lesson, we need to understand the background behind the beheading of John the Baptist. First, we will talk about Herod's sin. You see, King Herod had divorced his wife and married his brother's wife, which was unlawful according to the Levitical law. Infidelity was the sin of Herod and his unlawful wife Herodias. Seems to me that Herod was a compulsive hedonist. No doubt excessive food, drink, feasts, and every manner of pleasure consumed Herod. He lived the party lifestyle. He loved to party. Not only was, was Herod's life hedonistic in nature, so was his spirituality. He was fascinated by the supernatural and powerful preachers like John the Baptist, and Jesus even fascinated Herod. Herod was fascinated by the, the supernatural so much so that, that when Jesus came and appeared before him, he wanted Jesus to perform a miracle for him. He wanted Jesus to put on a little miracle show. Not only was, was Herod fascinated by John the Baptist, he heard about Jesus. Now I want to read this account from Luke's Gospel, Luke 23, 8 through 12. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. And this is right after Pilate, after Jesus' arrest, Pilate had sent, John, or sent Jesus to Herod. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been waiting to see him. For from what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied with him 
um, uh, many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked Jesus, dressed him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. That day Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this they had been enemies. So here's Herod, this, this, uh, this, this consummate uh, hedonist, and even his spirituality. All he wants to see are the miracles. Our sinful nature is drawn to entertainment and pleasure. Even our spirituality can be drawn to those things which offer us entertainment and pleasure. Rather than to the cross of Jesus Christ or even to the cross that we are called to carry as Christians. This was Herod, the pleasure seeker. Even seeking pleasure in his spirituality. He had no interest in the message of Jesus. He had no interest in repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Herod had no interest in in a heavenly kingdom. He had heard of Jesus' miracles, and he wanted a miracle worker to entertain him. So here we have Herod, the sin of Herod. But John, John the Baptist, proclaimed the truth. John the Baptist wasn't afraid to proclaim the truth. And this is what put John in prison and led to his gruesome beheading. John's preaching and John's imprisonment. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. No different than than that of the Old Testament prophets or of the apostles or of the church today. Repent and believe the good news of the gospel. That is the preaching of the church. Herod's unlawful wife hated John. She hated John because she wanted her relationship with Herod. She liked her sin. She hated John because he had called their marriage out for what it was, a sinful union. So John called for Herod and Herodias to repent. They refused to repent. And John continued to proclaim the unlawfulness of their union and in turn undermined Herod's power in Galilee. But repentance, the call to repent, is key in our proclamation of the gospel. And oftentimes, this this is the part of our gospel proclamation that will cause people to resist. It will cause people to become angry. And it will cause people to reject us. Repentance. Repentance consists of two parts. First of all, repentance consists in contrition. That is sorrow for sin. Sorrow for sin. Having a broken and a humble spirit that is willing to admit And recognize that we have fallen short of God. Contrition. Not only does repentance consist of contrition, it also consists of faith. And faith is that which grabs hold of the promise 
of Jesus Christ, the promise of the forgiveness that we have through the cross. So contrition and faith are what repentance consists of. And and so I ask you today, have you come to that point where you have recognized that, that you are a sinner, that you are broken? Have you come to that point in your life where you realize that you have nothing, that that you stand before God with nothing, and that the only hope that you have is in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness which he offers to you? Have you come to that point in your life? It's my prayer that you have. What good news. Any sinner, no matter how great the sin can be given this gift of faith to believe and to trust in the forgiveness of all of your sins. You know that you're forgiven today? You are forgiven today. Absolutely. Totally forgiven. So John the Baptist, he did the right and good thing. He called Herod and Herodias to repentance. Both had sinned against God's law. Repentance was the only solution for Herod or Herodias or for us. Now imagine this, even even people like Herod and Herodias, if they had not hardened their hearts, if they had not resisted the call of the preaching of John the Baptist, they too would partake in the, the grace of the kingdom of our Savior. They hardened their hearts. Not only were their hearts hardened, John's call for repentance inflamed the rage of Herodias. She hated John the Baptist. Uh, Herod still had somewhat of an affinity towards John the Baptist, but, but Herodias, Herod's unlawful wife, hated him. This is the world we live in. Our fallen world will always be enraged by our message. Never forget that. This world that we live in will always be enraged by the message that we have to proclaim. We will never be accepted or loved by everybody. It just won't happen. Brothers and sisters around the world will continue to suffer as they are faithful to Jesus The prophets suffered, John the Baptist suffered, Jesus suffered, the apostles suffered, and Christians continue to suffer today all around the world. We have been called as a congregation by God to proclaim a message of repentance to our community. We have been called to proclaim a hard message. It's beautiful. Sweet. It's powerful. But not everybody will receive it. Many will reject it. So now we come to the, what I call the dance of death. The dance of death in our gospel lesson today. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and uh, his dinner guests. 
So pleased, the king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want. I'll give it to you. You see the, the compulsiveness in Herod. I'll give you anything you want, up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask for? And here Herodias sees an opportunity, finally an opportunity to get John the Baptist. To stop him dead in his tracks. The head of John the Baptist, she answered. Pure evil. Pure evil. At once the girl hurried into the king with a request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. There's that VBS prop you'll never see. And the king, Herod, he was greatly distressed because of his oaths and his dinner guests. He did not want to refuse her, so he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. And there the man went, beheaded John in prison, and brought back his head on a platter. And he presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. What sick people. What sick people. There you have it. This is what Christian living looks like. Do you know that? This is what our faith looks like. And this is the reality that so many are facing in our world even today as they, as they remain faithful to Jesus. We live in a world that resists, hates, and desires nothing more than the death of God and oftentimes even the death of those who proclaim him. So I ask you this question, are you a follower of Jesus? Are you his disciple today? You are. You have received the call of God upon your life to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But this discipleship is not easy. Do you want to share Jesus with others? Don't always expect a, a warm reception. Now here's the thing. Many will, many will welcome the message that you have to proclaim. They will, they will welcome you with, with arms open wide. Because they've been waiting for this. They, they've known that that the meaning of life has evaded them their entire lives, and here you come with the message of the gospel, and the Holy Spirit creates faith. They're saved. They're filled with joy. So many of you have experienced that in your life, as I've spent time with you, and as I've sat down with so many of you, you've told your story. What Jesus has done for you. So many will, will offer you a, a warm reception, but others will reject you. They'll shut you down. Timothy Keller says something to this effect, which I heard him uh, uh, speak one time in, in a sermon. But it goes something to this effect. If, if you're constantly being rejected in your witness, if you're witness, witnessing to people and you're always being rejected, you're probably doing something wrong probably being too abrasive or too in your face with people. Have you ever encountered somebody like that before? I think that many of us have. Too abrasive, too in your face, no warmth or genuineness to their, their witness. 
So he says, if you're always being rejected, you're probably doing something wrong. But then he said this, if you're never being rejected, you're probably doing something wrong. Think about that. If you're never rejected, you're probably not doing it right. You're probably actually not sharing the gospel with people. People will reject. People will reject. I was surprised this past week by a visitor at the church office. Uh, Wayne Helland. How many of you know that name? Wayne Helland. Uh, Wayne Helland uh, stopped by here. How many of you here, I just want to see your hand up. How many of you here remember the founding pastor of this congregation, Harlan Helland? Anybody here? We have some hands here? Okay. Harlan Helland was the founding pastor of this church, and Wayne Helland comes into the office. That was actually the parsonage across the parking lot a long time ago, and Wayne took me around, and he said, this was my bedroom, and this was my parents' bedroom, this was my sister's bedroom, and uh, he remembered everything. He even went into the bathroom, and he looked at the tile, and he says, oh, I remember those tiles. <laughs> then we brought him over, and we went into the older part of the church, and in, in the, uh, the old sanctuary, and he he remembered uh, Easter Sunday as the sun would come up and shine uh, through, through, the, through the windows as the choir sang. He remembered all these things about this church and about the things that this church did. And he took me out to lunch and he told me a story. He told me a story about his dad. His dad would uh, take people from this church out into the neighborhoods to knock on doors. And Harlan, Helen, Pastor Helen, would always give a pep talk. He really wanted to encourage this congregation after they were rejected. Because Harlan, Helen knew, you're going to go out and knock on doors, sometimes the door will be slammed in your face. So Pastor Harlan, Helen, he would always say, just keep on smiling. Just keep on smiling. And uh, so they went out, they, after the pep, pep talk, and after uh, Pastor Harlan Helen said, just keep on smiling, they went out into the neighborhood. Well, Pastor uh, Helen went to a gate which opened into a yard. And uh, he was going to go up to the door and knock on the door, so he opened the gate and he, he stepped into the yard, and all of a sudden a big dog came running around the corner and chased him out of the yard. Well, one of the members of Maple Park saw... Pastor Helen being chased out of the yard and this member yelled to Pastor Harlan Helen, keep on smiling, Pastor. Keep on smiling. We will be rejected. But we keep going. We keep going. In the strength and in the power of his grace. John the Baptist died because he did what was right. Doesn't God promise good things to those who serve him? Doesn't God promise us a problem-free life if we're committed to him? Some people may make that assumption. But that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. We are not promised a life free from suffering in this present evil age. This present evil age is filled, it is filled with sufferings, even for the faithful believers. Some live with this false impression of God, 
and of serving him. The false assumption is that God will take away the suffering and pain in this age. But you know that is a lie. That is not the truth. So did God forsake John the Baptist? God did not forsake John the Baptist. God did not forsake John as he as he sit in prison. God did not forsake John even as he was being beheaded. God was with John the whole time. God's promises of grace remain true for John even in his gruesome death. And where is John today? Where is John the Baptist right now? He is in the presence of the God whom he served. He is in paradise, free from all suffering. You have the promise of your rescue from this present evil age and from all suffering and from all evil. That is the promise of the gospel. Today we suffer, but there is coming a day when we will be free from all suffering and all pain. Galatians 1.4, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to what? To rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. You have the promise of rescue from Jesus. Remember the theme of VBS? Rescued by Jesus, right? When you're lonely, Jesus rescues. When you worry, Jesus rescues. When you struggle, Jesus rescues. When you do wrong, Jesus rescues. When you are powerless, Jesus rescues. And there is a verse today from our gospel lesson that reminds me of resurrection, ultimate resurrection rescue. When his disciples, that is the disciples of John the Baptist, heard of his death, they came, took his body, and they laid the body of John the Baptist in the tomb. Jesus rescues from death. He rescues from death. And you are rescued from death itself. St. Paul, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is the great proclamation the verse that I read at the beginning of every funeral, resurrection, resurrection. We are a resurrection people. John the Baptist was a resurrection child of God. And though they laid his body in a tomb, the gospel promises us resurrection, physical resurrection, a new heaven and a new earth. All things will be made new. This is our Savior. This is your Savior. Trust in Him. 
believe in him. Know that you are a resurrection child of his. And he never let you go. And may you never let go of these promises and the power of his spirit. This world is filled with suffering. This world is filled with heartache. But Jesus rescues. Don't forget it. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. Uh, Lord, we cannot give thanks and praise enough for what you have done. And now we will come to the altar. And at the altar, once again, we receive this, this reality and this promise that you rescue. We thank you, Lord, that you rescued us through your blood, which was shed through your body, which was broken. And as we receive this sacrament together today as a family in unison, may we receive once again the reality of our rescue, knowing that in this you bring to us the forgiveness of sins and the promise of everlasting life and the promise of resurrection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to sing a hymn. It's called This is the Feast. Some of you may know it, some of you may not know it, but Dennis Erickson, he's a pretty good singer. Actually, we have uh, Mr. Seaholm. He's a pretty good singer, too. He will be leading us in This is the Feast.
to receive the sacrament of Christ's body and blood for the assurance of our forgiveness and of everlasting life. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary for us to give him thanks and praise. Praise to you, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In love, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He sends the Holy Spirit to testify that we are his children and to strengthen us when we are weak. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. To him who sits on the throne of the Lamb be praise and thanks and honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Holy are you, almighty and merciful God, holy God, holy are you, and great is the majesty of your glory. You did so love the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, who having come into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my true body. Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Invite the elders to come forward at this time. This is the true body of Christ. 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 
This is the true body of Christ. This is the true body of Christ. This is the true body of Christ. This is the true body of Christ. This is the 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 body of Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Take and eat. This is the blood of Christ. 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 This is the blood of Christ.
This is the true blood of Christ. This is the true blood of Christ. This is the true blood of Christ. Amen. This is the true blood of Christ. 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 Thanks be to God. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Take and drink. Our crucified and risen Savior has now given you his holy body and blood through which he has made full satisfaction for all your sins. May he strengthen and preserve you in true faith unto everlasting life. Amen. Receive now the Lord's benediction, the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us stand together and sing.